Morning, everybody. So, yeah, as Ben said, we're going to be starting a new four-part series in uh, on faith. And it's such an important subject. Such an important subject. Everything we've heard this morning, the, the words, the testimonies, the encouragements, the psalm, um, you know, the people, the words that people have given, without faith, none of that's of any consequence to our lives. So we're going to look at what actually that means. What is faith and how do we, how do we get it? So I'm going to be asking, I'm not going to be asking, I'm going to be answering three questions this morning. <laughs> so the first one, what is faith? The second one is how do we get faith? And the third question or answer I'm going to try and answer is how do we live by faith? That's an instruction in the word of God that we should live by faith. So let's start. What is faith? It's such a broad term, isn't it? Um, but biblically speaking, it's a very defined uh, thing that we can think about, and there's lots in the Bible about what it actually means. So it just might be helpful just to look at the actual word faith uh, in the Hebrew and the Greek. I don't normally do this. Um, I get told by a certain wife that... Um, so I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I know, I know. But no, and she's, she, she, and she's absolutely right. Um, <laughs> but in this instance, it's quite. In this instance, it's quite useful to just look at the uh, the words that are actually used in the Bible. So, the Hebrew word that is translated faith. Um, by the way, faith appears over the word appears over four hundred times in the Bible. So you can see how significant faith is to the people of God. So the Hebrew is uh, almon, and it means to be firm, endure, be faithful, be true, stand fast, trust, have belief, believe. And the first time it occurs in the Bible is in Genesis 15.6 when it's talking about Abraham, if you know the story of Abraham. So Abraham lived in a... Uh, faraway place and God called him to move and interestingly God did, didn't tell him where he was to go he just said pack up your stuff take, get your family and go and Vine's dictionary says this about this word faith and its application to Abraham the meaning here is that Abraham was full of trust and confidence in God it was not primarily in God's words that he believed but in God himself Abraham came to experience a personal relationship to God rather than an impersonal relationship with his promises. And that's really important. We'll look at that in a bit more detail. We don't just believe the promises of God, we believe God. In the New Testament, the Greek word is pistis um, or pistos. Um, Careful, careful. Which means a firm persuasion, a conviction based... You've put me off now. A conviction based upon hearing. The main elements in the New Testament are a firm conviction producing a full knowledge of God's revelation or truth, a personal surrender to him, a conduct inspired by such surrender. 
And you may know that the, uh, one of the classic verses in the Bible that describes faith is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Some really important words in that sentence. Powerful words. Assurance. That's a nice word, isn't it? We like to be assured, don't we? Confidence. Hope. Conviction. They're very powerful words. I love them. But faith always has an object. You're probably aware that we experience and exercise faith every day. When you sit on that chair, you just, almost by faith, you assume that it's going to take your weight. It's not going to collapse. Um, Maybe when you're driving, you assume that other people are going to follow the highway code. (laughs) Because it would be chaos if they didn't, especially if they drove on the different side of the road to you. And that's, that's an element of faith. We just take it by faith that people are going to respond and act in a, in a particular way and follow particular rules. And faith is also crucial in a, to maintain a loving relationship. Um, we have to believe that what we're told is from somebody is the truth and, and that they're genuine in their statements to us. Um, it'll be quite difficult being married to a compulsive liar because you would never know where you stood uh, it's very difficult to build a relationship <laughs> along those lines. But biblical faith, the object of biblical faith, of course, is God himself. Now, faith is organic, it's living, it's active, and it's personal. It's a very interesting exercise, um, and I'd encourage you to do it. If you go through the New Testament, and wherever the, faith, the word faith is used... See in what context and how it's described. And you can help me here because I went through it and it's quite surprising how many words are linked with the word faith. I'll, I'll kick you off. So faith can be weak or strong. Okay. We can have none, little or great faith. We can be full of faith or we can lack faith. It can increase, grow, or it can fail. It can be shipwrecked, abandoned, and destroyed. We can deny and wander away from the faith. These are all expressions in the New Testament describing faith and its different guises. I think it's really interesting. It just gives you a flavour of the fullness and the range that we see in the Bible um, when we consider in faith. The other thing that's uh, very interesting about faith is it's actually, although we, the object of our faith is the same God, our faith is actually quite unique. Because faith in God challenges our sinful, unbelieving hearts. Each one of us will have a different barrier to belief. And if you read Hebrews 11, chapter 11, which is the famous chapter on the exploits and the heroes of faith, you'll notice that each one of them is quite different. The things that they were asked to do and the things that they had to overcome in their personal lives were very different and very unique and very personal. And you'll find that in your life. Barriers and challenges to your faith will be different to you than to anybody else. They will. Because every single one of our lives is completely different. 
our, our, our makeup, our background, our relationships, they're all so, so different. And that means that when we, when we look in our faith, those challenges to our faith will be unique to us. And it's really important to remember that. If you see someone that you think has got a lack of faith, be careful, don't judge them, because you don't know what their challenge is. And they might look at you and thinking, why on earth are you struggling with that issue? It's just so easy. Well, that's my issue. That's my challenge. I need to be encouraged, not condemned. Really important. So what are the results of faith? Again, if you go through the New Testament, it's just so interesting. I would really encourage you to do it. The first and the most important one is we are saved by faith. We are justified or made right by faith. We are made righteous and holy by faith. We stand firm by faith. We live by faith. We have boldness and access to God by faith. And we please God by, you guessed it, <laughs> faith. It's quite important, isn't it? Faith. So, the question is, how do we get faith? We've just looked at what faith is. How do we get faith? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Grace leading to salvation through faith. Faith makes things possible. Without faith, the grace and the mercy and the love of God fall, if you like, to the ground. If they're not believed and acted upon, then God may, not, may well have not spoken. But it's a gift. In order to be able to believe God's word, we need to be enlightened in our spirit. Philippians 1.29 says, For it has been granted to you, there's that element of gift in there, been granted to you, for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And Romans 12.3 says, By the use the measure of faith God has given you in relation to gifting. But you notice the emphasis there, again, is that it's been given to you. And lastly, just to emphasise the fact that it's not from us, John 6.63 says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Again, gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. So how much faith do you need? <laughs> According to Jesus, very little. <laughs> Fortunately for us. <laughs> Matthew 17 20 says this for truly I say to you if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you so how does this faith come to us then it's a gift of God how does how do how does that come to us it comes by hearing the word hearing the word that's really important. 
So we need to, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, we need to be listening and, and hearing God's word because only then can we respond in faith. We shouldn't be presumptuous with God. Although he's loving and merciful and generous, we need to be very clear that when we respond to God in faith, that it is actually God speaking and not our own imaginations because then we're likely to be disappointed with the outcome. So the third question, how do we live by faith? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says we live by faith and not by sight. So if we're to live by faith, then firstly we need to be saved by faith. So I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians. If you've got your Bible there or your app with you, this is a lovely picture of the working out of faith in the Thessalonians. It's a beautiful picture and it's really informative of how faith operates and how people respond to that faith, to that word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, I'm going to be reading from verses 2 and this is in the New Living Translation. So this is Paul speaking to the Thessalonians. And as I'm speaking, or as you're reading it, just think about the topic we're thinking on. We're talking about the response and the action of faith and what happens to these Thessalonians when they hear God's word. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, there's the word, it was not only with words, but with the power for the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance. There's that word again, assurance. Full assurance in the Holy Spirit from the word of God. That what we said was true. So they were fully convinced that what they heard was true. That's so important. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message. Again, such an important element of faith. Receiving the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the key tests, the next part. In spite of severe suffering, it brought you. In, in suffering that it brought you. That's a real test. If you're believing through suffering and, the, and your believing is going to cause you suffering, that means that your believing is genuine. And again, I talked about our tests of faith, our obstacles to faith. It could be family. You could be ostracized, thrown out of your home for believing. That happens. It could be any number of things that challenge your faith. But that is a test, that is, and it's an assur- it gives you assurance that your t- faith is genuine. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Greece, throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. Now the Lord, so this is the result of their faith, the, Lord, the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to everyone, people everywhere. 
For whenever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. Wow. Wouldn't that be a nice testimony for our lives? Everywhere you went, we heard about your faith in God. Wow. I'd love people to say that about me. Would you? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So that's an example of how faith operates. Hearing the word with power in the Holy Spirit. Responding, even through persecution and suffering. Leading to good works that made these people famous for their love and their faith and their good works. It's such a nice example of of how faith works. So not only are we to be saved by faith, but we are to live by faith. So what does that mean? So it should govern, it should shape our heart's desires and govern our every action. Trust in him for every single thing. How many promises do you think are in the Bible? Lots. <laughs> uh, can I have a number? 300? Any advances on 300? Over 1,000. Any over? Who said that? Over 1,000. Well, it depends on how you categorise promises, but promises to believers, there's over 3,500. General promises, there's over 8,000. Okay? So... Promises to believers, that's over three and a half thousand. So that's ten promises every day for a year. year. That's nice, isn't it? (laughs) And this is the key. This is one of the keys to faith. Believing and acting upon the promises of God. That would be my definition of faith. Have you got any favourites, favourite examples of promises of God? I hope you have, because they're very powerful. And the promises work like this. In Psalm 56, 4, it says, I praise God for what he has promised. Therefore, notice the link, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Now, as simple as that. It's almost, it's almost too simple, isn't it? Why do we make such a mountain out of it? <laughs> I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? It's so simple, isn't it? And yet, it's so hard. <laughs> so I'll give you some examples of promises in the Bible. Some of, some of my favourites. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Now there's a promise. Do not fear, for I am with you. The power in that promise is your response of trust and belief that that word is true and that God's character is, is honourable and he's faithful and he, he doesn't tell lies. He doesn't deceive. He doesn't trick us. If you read that, and you don't believe it, but you might as well not have read it. You see what I'm saying? This is why faith is so important. How about 1 Peter 5, 7? Cast all your anxiety on him. 
Are you, any, are you anxious this morning? Why should we cast our anxiety onto him? Because he cares for you. It's a promise and a statement of God. God cares for you. Do you believe that? If you do, what are you going to do about it? Oh, that's nice. God cares for me. Thank you. Move on. Go back to my worry and my panic and my situation and my concerns. No. We believe it. We respond in faith. And it changes our behaviour and our attitude and our countenance. That's how faith works. <clears throat> faith is a bit like a muscle. We need to exercise it. So how do we do that? Well, by reading, listening to and obeying the word of God. By exercising our gifts in accordance with the faith God has given us. When I was a relatively new Christian, um, my house group leaders, they gave me a word, which they felt was from God, and it was, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And I just it just resonated with me, and I kind of followed it through and discussed with them what, what it meant, and that's how I started preaching and teaching. But that, I had to respond to that word. I had to believe that that was God speaking to me. I had an inner witness from the Holy Spirit, but I had to act upon it. Otherwise, it would have done me and you no good. But well, that's debatable. You can tell me afterwards. <laughs> and the third thing we should do in terms of the muscle of faith is we should encourage one another. It's so important that we encourage one another. So let's just come into land with, some, with an application, some points here for you. So what's your faith like at the moment? <laughs> well, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I guess the first question we should ask is, have you received saving faith? Have you responded? And are you saved? As a, I'm sure you're aware, James talks about the need for action James 2:14 What good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions can that kind of faith save you suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing what good what good does that do so you see faith by itself isn't enough Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. If you have saving faith, there will be evidences in your life that that faith is real and active. And I've got seven things here, and I just ask you just to test yourself against them. So number one, a true believer has a new or deeper awareness of sin. Number two, a true believer has a new or deeper desire to please God. Number three, a true believer has a new or deeper love, love for God and others. A true believer has a new theology, the Bible, the word of God. Number five, a true believer has a new master and Lord. We take that seriously. Jesus is our master. We do as he says. 
Number six, a true believer has a new and growing power, the Holy Spirit. And number seven, a true believer has a new purpose. We talked about this this morning. A new purpose and hope. They're just a few, just to help you evaluate your faith levels at this time. It's important that we examine ourselves. I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's quite popular. If Christianity was illegal, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> I think that's quite a pertinent question to ask yourself. If it were illegal, would you be convicted of being a Christian? <laughs> Sometimes I think maybe not, personally speaking. So are you living by faith? What promises are you trusting in? Are you fearful and anxious? Are you neglecting your gifts through fear or unbelief? This is where faith works. What does your faith look like and how are you responding to God? So secondly, don't undermine your faith by neglecting God's word, by neglecting to pray, by neglecting to meet together and by repenting of unbelief. And how can we encourage other people's faith? Just four simple things. Firstly, pray. Pray for them. Secondly, remind them of God's love and mercy. So important. Number three, encourage them to persevere when it's tough to believe. And number four, we've already spoken about this. Be sensitive to their faith obstacles. Remember, all we, have, all, we all have different issues we find difficult to believe in and have faith for. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, as small as a mustard seed, nothing is impossible. Amen.